Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about that wild game and we have a holiday mailbag, including some talk about the power play. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 979. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. As you know, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. My name is Laura Saab, also known as The Active Stick. If you have not uh, listened to this podcast before, I'm usually joined by my wonderful co-host Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize, but Scott had some technical difficulties. He was not able to record this episode with me. Uh, As well, I had a little bit of a work emergency, so I had to go deal with that and was unable to record this podcast in a timely manner. But here I am. I am recording it now. Um, And uh, just a quick note for everybody uh, that uh, we will be off on Christmas Day and on Boxing Day. And we'll be back on the 27th with some World Juniors talk, which we're very, very excited about. Um, But in the meantime, let's get into that game uh, against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, The Minnesota Wild were obviously um, sputtering is a great word. They made a coaching change and under Hines, they have been pretty, pretty good. And they obviously beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3 in overtime, 4-3, not 4-0 uh, in overtime, uh, at, like with literally seconds left, which was a little bit frustrating uh, in that game. And the game, I would say, was quite eventful. I don't know if I'm ready to go ahead and call it good or interesting or exciting. Uh, that first period was pretty tough. Uh, obviously, the Habs were able to battle back and tie the game. I wanted to single out a couple of things uh, about that game. Uh, Slavkovsky, obviously, Slavkovsky. I am always going to mispronounce his name, and then eventually I'll get it right, and then they'll like train him or something. I don't know. Uh, but he continued his good play of late. As you know, he was instrumental in two of the three goals. Uh, but he had a couple of gaffes as well. But honestly, like that's very, very normal. Uh, he did make a couple of mistakes, but at least they didn't re- result in goals against. Uh, but there were, you know, uh, like just just a couple of tough plays there. But overall, I feel like his resurgence has continued. Um, I also want to single out David Savard, uh, who uh, is playing well and might be an option for trading. Uh, Emil Heineman was brought into the lineup, but n- did not play very many minutes. Uh, and... I think it's going to take some time for us to see what the deal was behind that. It does. It feels like maybe it's just like, you know, the guy's first NHL game kind of thing. And the coach did not want to throw him in too many situations. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to read too much negatively into that. Uh, so I, I feel like personally for me, I wasn't able to see enough of him to be able to judge on how good he is at the NHL level or not. Uh, Caden Gooley was all over this game in so many ways. He was just a lot of the story of the game. Uh, other people who were all over this game, 
the officiating. And I'm so sorry. I can't do a Scott Matler rant about officiating. I just know that if he were able to do this episode with me, there would have been a lot of ranting about it. Um, there are a couple of other things I feel like, you know, I thought, I, th- I thought Bogosian wasn't in the league anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I was, you know, I was very surprised, not surprised. Uh, you kind of forget about guys like that until somebody on your team has to fight him. Um, and in this case, there was no fighting. It was just him trying to beat up on Brendan Gallagher. Uh, not cool, but pretty par for the course for him, I would say. I was not surprised by that in any way. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, Mike Matheson, I don't know about you. I might be very, very off base on that. He feels a little bit tired when you're watching him. And I, I, like, again, it, it might just be me. It might be in my head. It might be because I'm looking at this too harshly or looking at him too harshly and expecting too much at this point. Um, and so for me, like, it's not like I wasn't impressed with him or anything. He just, he just looks a little tired. He looks a little tired is all. Um, and in the meantime, uh, I am trying to think of other things that really, really stood out for me for that game. Like I said, Slavkowski was a big one. I think Suzuki quietly being really just in the right places at the right times. I thought, uh, he just has like this instinct for the game that is really really underrated because it doesn't look flashy but he just does it effortlessly and it's just always right um and we saw a lot of that in that game a couple more things to single out in that game obviously Jaden struble continues his resurgence or not resurgence surge surge is that a word uh he, he doesn't need to research he's new uh but uh he played so well like honestly he played like he's been in the nhl for years in that game and he has been over the last couple of games i thought montambo was pretty good uh nothing to say about that obviously carol carol kaprizov was the uh winner and who else would it be but him i i this was way more interesting than the last game the Habs played against the Wild. Obviously, that one was uh, pretty much a disaster. And I looked at the underlying numbers uh, before I started recording this. And the even strength play for the Canadians was really good. But as usual, that power play kind of took the wind out of their sails. And we are going to get a little bit more into that power play a little bit later uh, in this episode because it did come up as a mailbag question for us uh, this week. But I think overall, I don't know if I can be too disappointed. Like what I was expecting from that game was abject disaster, right? What I got was a lot of silliness, a lot of, you know, like a lot of a lot of what I would expect from, you know, whenever the Habs play like the Leafs or the Senators or something like just just stupid things happen in the game. Um, you know, lots of weird like, well, they weren't even full blown fights, really, just like things like that like cheap shots like officiating being bad and missing certain things or calling certain things too uh too easily uh things like that but I don't know if I could possibly be disappointed with this effort from the Habs like it just like for what they are they did really well uh for who they are they did really well uh lots of people questioning some of Marty's decisions but that's par for the course we did kind of really get into conversation about Marty in a previous episode this week so I'm not going to rehash that um I just hope that in the in the coming games or however long Emil Heineman is going to be with the Habs that he gets more and more time to prove himself he obviously made kind of I don't even know if it was if it was him and um Ilonen that that made a mistake or anything like that I feel like the Wild just kind of capitalized on it uh which was kind of rough on them both 
Uh, but I just, you know, I, I like, I don't really think that there's too much to be disappointed on in this game. Like, it was eventful. Things happened. The Habs lost, but in overtime, you know, we saw good things from Slavkovsk. We saw a lot of sort of subtle genius moments from Nick Suzuki. I don't know that there's all that much to be disappointed in, really. Uh, I just... I wish that the Canadians could win in Minnesota because it's been like at some point, I think the last time I checked the stats, it's been 750 years since they, <laughs> since they've been able to beat the wild in Minnesota. Uh, so hopefully, you know, next time's the charm. In the meantime, we do have a lot of mailbag episodes. This episode is going to be a little bit short. It is the holidays. I am without Scott uh, and I did just come off a work emergency, but I'm here for you. I'm here to do this episode for you. And we are going to get in to the, Holiday mailbag in just one moment here. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. The Habs have not been winning as much as we'd like, but if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. There are so many possible scenarios for this season, but to have a chance at winning big, what you need to do is you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. As the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown and Jail Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Contests. All you have to do is pick whether, you know, a guy like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, McKinnon, anyone will record more or less in their sleeper projections for anything like goals, assists, save plus saves plus minus, and more in any given game. You can also play NFL, NBA, MLB, or even college football all on sleeper, and you can connect with other fans just as well. To win 100 times your money on sleeper, what you need to do is you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Habs fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL to win $100 match on your first deposit. See Sleeper ter Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, it's time to get into the mailbag. And I'm going to start with a question uh, from Alex R. in uh, Gmail. Hey, Alex here. With the Habs seemingly poised to get another, uh, to seemingly poised to get another top draft pick, who are some players you think would be good fits to bring in? Personally, I'm a huge fan of Consta Hellenius. I can visualize the top six of him, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky, Doc, and Mashar. What do you think? Happy holidays. And um, <laughs> so first I'm going to address the first part of, of the mailbag question. So um, coming up, we have a couple games, like obviously after the Christmas break, we're, we're going to be covering the World Juniors. Um, and then after the holiday break, uh, we're going to have some games and then there's going to be a break in the schedule. And at that time, what we're planning on doing is we're planning on bringing in guests that have public scouting experience, who have a lot of uh, draft knowledge and a lot of prospect knowledge. Um, and we're going to ask about who would be, because at that point, the midseason rankings will have come out uh, from most of the scouting services, as well as, you know, like 
uh, TSN, all of that. So the NHL central scouting uh, as well. Um, so that's when we're, we'll start talking about stuff like this because I have to tell you, I am so sorry. I am not a pros prospect expert, but you know what? I'm good at asking questions about it. So um, that's what we're going to do. Uh, I will be away for a bit. Scott will be away for a bit. So on those solo episodes, we'll try and bring in guests. Um, and then, you know, there's the break, obviously. So we're going to be pretty heavy on guests in January. And we're going to be focusing a lot on draft stuff. But I also do want to bring in somebody to talk about power play and things like that. There's lots of stuff to talk about. Um, and that's all happening, obviously, as soon as this little holiday period is over. Uh, once again, just a reminder, we won't be here on Christmas or Boxing Day, but we will We'll be back on the day after and we'll start talking all world juniors action until the Habs start playing again. I believe the Rocket and the Habs both don't play until I want to say Thursday. Um, so there's going to be plenty of, uh, of world juniors to talk about. And then, like I said, in January, we're going to start getting really guest heavy as we head up closer to the trade deadline. There's going to be a lot of talk about that as well. Sorry, I went on a long ass tangent here. Uh, all of this to say is I will ask about who the Habs should bring in uh, with their next top draft pick. All right. So the next part of Alex's email is all I want for Christmas is for one of you to say, dude, where's Mashar? So next time I have a prospect expert on or even when Scott comes back, I will ask that question and you will have your Christmas gift, Alex. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really, really appreciate you so much. And thank you for writing in. And as always, our email address is lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. We've got a good, our good friend, Mike B, um, uh, who we haven't heard from in a little while, uh, but I'm so happy to hear from. So hi, Mike. The email is good morning, Laura and Scott. Season's greetings to you both. Thank you so much, Mike, and season's greetings to you as well. Here's my question for both of you. If you picture an on-off switch, it seems like the switch has been turned on for Uri Slavkovsky. My question is, do you think so far Canadians management made the correct decision in keeping him in the NHL and not sending him to Laval? Let me get through the comment first real quick before I answer that question. My comment, locked on Canadians, is literally my first listen of the day. Thank you so much, Mike. You understood the assignment. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we love our listeners so, so much. We're so grateful. Like this is the time of year that I always get really like soft and like cry because I'm so grateful to all of you. Although I'm subscribed to your YouTube, YouTube channel, I, I never watch it. I always listen to you on Spotify while I'm getting my breakfast ready. I listen to podcasts in the morning when I'm doing my skincare. Um, and it's part of my routine. See my first listen of the day. Uh, that changed several weeks ago when I happened to be on YouTube and I see your channel. So I checked in and what do I see? Scott is wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt. How cool is that? I'm a longtime deadhead and I have some sweet concert memories. Um, I want to know, do you have a bumper sticker, Mike? Write in and tell me that. Do you, can you say a few words about the Dead Scott? Any favorite albums, any concert memories, anything? So when Scott is back, yeah, he will, you know what? He promised me he would do a bonus episode at some point to make up for missing this episode. I'm going to ask him to talk about the Grateful Dead at that point. All right, back to the question about Yuri Slavkovsky. If you picture an on-off switch, it seems like the switch has been turned on for Yuri Slavkovsky. My question is, do you think so far Canadians management has made the correct decision in keeping him in the NHL and not sending him to Laval? Honestly, I'm not sure anymore because I thought, I truly, honestly, 100% believe that it was the wrong decision not to send him down. I just thought if they had sent him down, 
it would have been so much more beneficial for him to play more minutes because in my opinion, he was not playing enough minutes. He was not playing enough situations. He was not playing enough situations. I thought that he his progress was slow as a result of that. And I thought that he was making a lot of rookie mistakes because of lack of experience in playing time. And now he has sort of started to break out, right? Like we're seeing the potential. We're seeing what the Habs saw in him. We're seeing glimpses of what if, if they continue to nurture this, what he's going to be, right? We're seeing all of that. So I don't know anymore because either way, what if he was in Laval and this is how long it would take him to get to the level that he's at right now? Or, you know, it would not have been a difference. Like there would not have been, Habs would not have lost anything by this, right? That's where I stand on that. But then you think about it and you're like, what if he had been in Laval? And then when he jumped to the NHL, let's say around this time, and all of a sudden he was even better than where he was at. Or if they'd sent him to Laval and he reached this point six months into his uh, like pro career or six months into his, I guess, North American pro career, right? So there's so many things at play here. Um, like, what if we never know? So at this point, like, I truly think that I could be wrong. But I will tell you, up until I saw that, I saw him breaking out, you know, like a month or so ago, a few weeks ago, you know, what? once we started, you know, really noticing him taking that step forward, really starting to do the correct things with his skill and also his body and positioning that we wanted to see him do, that the Habs had the potential, saw the potential in him doing, once we started seeing that, my question is, maybe they were right. So I don't know. But up until that point, I really did think it was it was wrong. I thought it was a bad decision for the Habs to have not sent him down to Laval after, let's say, a couple of games he had in the NHL when he first started last year. And then, you know, sent him down to Laval, have him play like the significant chunk of the year, a significant chunk of the year, you know, on the top line there or something, playing a lot of minutes. So again, either way, at this point right now when we're seeing this like there's no way of knowing like that if he would have been at this level had they sent him to Laval or maybe keeping him in the NHL was that key I you know I'm just a podcaster but what you do when you're a podcaster is you talk about the team right so I'm giving my opinion and my opinion at the time or my opinion always is that I'm sure that they know things that I don't know, right? From the outside looking in, I do have a lot of experience watching hockey. I do have a lot of experience rooting for this team. I do have, I like, I know a little bit about, you know, growth and development and things like that. But at the same time, I don't work in the Canadians front office. And so, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the player or in the player's family. I don't, I'm not close enough to the player to get that inside information. So I always think there's something that the Habs know that we don't know that make them make the decisions they do, which in this case was not making him be the guy in Laval last year, instead opting him to play at first very few minutes. And then as time went on more minutes, but not on the right lines um, last year. And even no, I don't think like, even the beginning of this year, like even the beginning until I think until they put him on that top line, Really, um, although it would have been nice to see if he had if he was going to have any chemistry with Kirby Doc, uh, or having you know like an opportunity like that. Barring that, like honestly, without without having that experience, without being able to see that, I don't think really we can call it 
but I, I will tell you, I firmly believed it was the wrong decision until I saw this. Like at this point, like this is where we wanted him to be. Right. So now that he's there, I don't know which way was the better way. Uh, anyway, this has been a very long winded way of saying that uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm answering your question with I don't know. But I hope that I was able to explain the nuances of why I think the way that I think uh, in in this answer. In the meantime, we still have a few more mailbag questions pre-holiday. And those are coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right. <laughs> it's time for... I guess the last few questions in our mailbag. We've got another one via email from Patrick S. And the question is, the Canadians have an abundance of D-men that are up and coming. With Struble doing well, Jacki in the minors, should the Canadians look into trading a young defenseman to get another prospect forward? I think Lindstrom and Norlinder are expendable. And I think we need to look more into offensive forwards. The reason is because the injury of Kirby Doc is showing how weak the Canadians can be up front. Another thing, too, uh, is that, or as I am recording this, Cole Caulfield is currently getting injured in another game. Uh, so it is cause for concern. I will tell you right away that I do think the Canadians can afford to trade a young defenseman. My concern is what return are they going to get at this stage in the season and in the game, right? So we've got another expendable D-man, although I don't know how much he'll, um, he'll fetch. And when I say expendable, I don't mean he has no value to this team. It's just that he's playing so well right now that the Canadians might as well explore the market for him. So you mentioned Norlinder and Lindstrom. I'm also going to mention David Savard. Uh, this is a rebuilding team. It's not like they need him at this point. And also with Norlinder and Lindstrom, Norlinder is like, he still has a lot of potential. Lindstrom is a guy that's just like, he's going to be the seventh def defenseman, right? He's just, he's that guy. He, he's he's going to be that guy for any team. He was a guy in Detroit. In, in Detroit. He's going to be that, that guy in Montreal, or he is that guy in Montreal. He's going to be that guy wherever. But Norlinder is an intriguing person because he has potential and he's got potential to be molded in something different. He, he's still young enough. He still has enough talent. He just doesn't necessarily fit on this Canadian team. Uh, so I know, I know Scott is very hesitant to trade anybody at this point with all of the injury luck and stuff that they're having. Uh, but I think that if there's a market and there's going to be somebody who can play at forward, 
I think the Canadians should absolutely explore that possibility 100%. But also remember this, like they're not really playing Yessie Linen as much as they could. They're not fully taking advantage of that. Yes, the Canadians are pretty weak up front right now, especially with the injuries that they have. And don't forget, it's not just, um, it's, it's not just Kirby Doc injured, but if you want to get a Kirby Doc level player, you need to give up a bit more than, you know, Norlinder um, and Savard. Even if you package all of those three, it's not going to happen. Lindstrom and Savard and Norlinder. It's, it's, it's not going to fetch a guy at a Kirby Doc level, right? So what you can do is try and get some more help up front, uh, somebody with skill who can play with the players you currently have and maybe bring out a little bit more in them. Uh, if they complement their skills correctly or, in, or well enough. And at the same time, um, you can you can try and use those resources that you already have. Like see what, what Elon can do if you give him more minutes or more power play time or, 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 or. So that's where I'm at. Like it's, it's I think it's, it's, it's a possibility that they should explore. They really should, sh they should test the market for sure. Um, so I agree with you there. I just don't know what's coming back. And I think the closer we get to the trade, deadline the more possibility there is of a higher return because it starts to get to the point where the GMs start competing with each other and they start worrying about FOMO so I think I think that's where I'm at for trading defensemen or young defensemen or any defenseman even Savard and now we come to two questions that we got on Twitter uh, from our good friend Jeff the Rhett, and as always, if you want to send us questions on Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. You can DM them to us, and you can reply to our weekly call for mailbags, or just, you know, just tag us at any time. All right, first question. Assuming the Habs can trade Allen, Savard, Monaghan, and Matheson, what would be your ideal and realistic return for each? I, I think it depends at what point, right? I feel like Monaghan realistic return is picks he's very cheap he's great but he's injury prone um and i don't know if you know if they would get more than a fifth rounder for him but he's fantastic i i really don't want to see them trade him but i think as soon as someone calls you do that before he gets injured again you as, as soon as a gm calls they're like okay here's a sixth round or a fifth round just whatever it is say yes um and then you can sign him back <laughs> at the end of this year uh, I like, I just want him always to come back. I love Sean Monaghan. I like, I truly like, I will be so devastated if he turns out to be a horrible person because I'm just such a huge fan of his. All right. Uh, Jake Allen, Jake Allen, I think for me is going to bring the second best return for this. Uh, an ideal return for this would be a young player where kind of like an Evel Heineman, where he's not like a star prospect or anything, but can you see something in him? Um, and this, obviously, Jake Allen, you trade him to a team that's contending and is only missing the piece of a competent goaltender. That's who you trade Jake Allen to, and that's that's who you're going to get the highest return from. Um, and I know people think that might be a little high, but really do not, do not underestimate a desperate GM close to the trade deadline who has a hope of winning at least a round in the playoffs. Uh, back to Monaghan also, because I like him so much, I would like him to get traded to Colorado, please. Uh, Kent, please call Colorado and see if they want Sean Monaghan before he breaks. Uh, and then David Savard. I think it's possible some people come calling about David Savard. And again, it's another one of those teams that 
is close to contending or is a contender, is a, is a full-blown contender, but you know that they know, they have enough experience to know that at some point in the playoffs, there are going to be games that are all about blocking shots and David Savard is going to be their guy. I think, again, something like a fourth rounder for him, maybe a fifth, maybe a third. I don't know. I don't think you're going to get more than one pick. Maybe you'll get two picks, but late rounders for him. Uh, and then Mike Matheson. This is the hardest one because I feel like out of all of these players, Mike Matheson has the, the largest value in general. He has veteran presence for your younger players. He's still young enough and in shape enough to be competent as a defenseman. He's got a lot of skill. And then you can see him have stretches of absolute brilliant defending, but he's overused in Montreal. And he's tired. So at some point, they either have to trade him or rest him a little bit so he keeps his value, so that he retains his value. So for Mike Matheson, I would ask for a lot more. Like, I would not be content with just one thing. I would want at least a prospect and a pick. Like, at the very least. At the very, very least. Um, and also, like, on all these players, I would not retain any salary. That's very, very important. All right. And then finally, <laughs> this question which I love, is again from Jeff, Jeff the Red on Twitter, suggests an outside-the-box PP and PK unit and why it might work. At this point, why not try anything? All right. You said outside-the-box. I would put David Savard on the power play, not the penalty kill. I put Cole Caulfield on the penalty kill. Why not? Um, an outside-the-box unit. Honestly, like, I couldn't tell from this question if you were talking about, like, I don't know, if I should put, like, you know, Captain America, Bugs Bunny, and, like, whoever <laughs> on these units, or if you really wanted actual players. I don't even think it needs to be all that outside-the-box. Like, really? I don't think so. I think you... I think the Canadians need to work a little bit on mobility, creativity, put more skilled players on those power plays it's not like you're you know it's not like you don't have these players at your arsenal and you're just not using them and in terms of the penalty kill the penalty kill as scott pointed out i think it was in our last episode or the previous one is a structural institutional problem with the canadians at this point it's because the canadians defense isn't good and that's why the pe penalty kill is not good i think that's totally legit what scott thinks i also agree with him I personally feel like the defense will fix itself once the defensemen figure out what they're supposed to be doing when and where. Um, I'm sorry, this wasn't so-so outside of the box, uh, but, you know, why not put the Avengers on there? Put the Avengers on the penalty kill, and then, like, the X-Men on the power play. Those are my outside-the-box units. Thank you so much for your questions. All right, everybody. Happy holidays. If you celebrate, Merry Christmas. If you don't, I hope you get a long weekend at least. Uh, I hope you have some time with your family. Uh, for those of you who celebrate shopping, I really hope that you take advantage of the sales. We will see you on the 27th in the morning, uh, like right after midnight as per usual, not late like this episode, with some World Juniors talk. Thank you so, so much for listening. Happy, happy, happy holidays. And we We'll talk to you next Wednesday.